think in the lacrosse world, we're being different, which is something that needs to change in general. But like, we're being different is difficult and being unique is difficult. Like allowing people to just have their space um, and to like be, say like, I'm so proud of you for being who you are and saying like who you are is whatever you are and like allowing people to form their own identities is so important um and that's ultimately the place that I'd like us to be is just for people to be able to to like essentially write their own stories and not have to conform to this standard um that I think unfortunately our community like perpetuates Welcome to Not A 10 Podcast with Mary Griffin. Today, I have a very special guest who is my high school friend that we just recently rekindled and started talking um, after going to different colleges. Um, Sarah Can, she is a goalie on the women's lacrosse team at Haverford. And we met together when we trained at the same gym growing up in high school. And we actually went to rival high schools that you can literally walk to. Like we have bridges connecting our high schools, which is super weird. But like we had so many connections like in high school and we just always got along so easy to talk to. Um, And recently, Sarah has posted a article on Inside Lacrosse that she wrote herself titled Why We Need to Normalize Coming Out in in Lacrosse. And it has gone on inside lacrosse us lacrosse so i'll put the link to that article in this description if you guys want to check her out but yeah like sarah's gonna be here she's gonna be vulnerable authentic and i'm just so happy you're here thanks for having me it's very exciting (laughs) i'm so excited um i think this is such a topic that we really do need to talk about especially in the lacrosse world and i just think like with today's day and like just what we're dealing with in society. I think it's just so important to normalize these conversations, like get open, be honest, and just be there for each other, honestly. Um, So with that being said, Sarah, like, let's just get to know you. Let's know how you grew up, your background, where are you from, things like that. Sure. So um, anyways, my name is Sarah Kim. I'm going to be a senior at Haverford College, which Mm. is a really small (laughs) liberal arts school outside of Philadelphia um it's a great school um and I've loved my experience there but I grew up in Baltimore as Mary said um went to rival high schools I went to the Bryn Mawr school um in Baltimore which is an all-girls private school um I didn't start playing lacrosse competitively until seventh or eighth grade um which is pretty rare for Baltimore um and then started training at the same gym um as Mary and that's like where I basically learned how to play lacrosse like obviously I played club in high school um but kind of had to work really hard to get to where I am right now um and like growing up I have a twin sister um and my family is really close um and that kind of like shaped my life and my experience a lot in terms of particularly like when I decided to come out my family was really really supportive um and yeah I mean that's basically my background so yeah. I did not know you uh, started playing in seventh and eighth grade based on how you play. I would have never guessed. Like yeah. that's so weird for Baltimore. Like you said, so weird. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I went to Bryn Mawr and was like, they're like, you need to play club or you're going to get cut from the team. And I was like, Oh God, like you can't yeah. just play for your school. Come no, <laughs> no. I was like totally not prepared for this at all. And then like put like 300% of myself right. into it. And that's how I met at Haverford. Yeah. And like with that, like, okay, you play for your school and then now you have to play club and now you have to do training on your own because if you want to catch up in the lacrosse world in Baltimore, especially nowadays, like I'll talk to like little kids and they're like, I just came from training and I practice now and then I have more training after and then I have practice in the morning. I'm like, girl, I'm like, take a break. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I know. I'm like, are you serious? No, it's it's a lot. It's, it's so lot. much more like I thought I was doing a lot and then I'd be a 10 year old that's doing the same thing and I'm just right. like, people need to just enjoy lacrosse again I think yeah exactly I'm hoping I'm hoping things slow down a little bit but um all right so now that you guys know a little bit about Sarah you know we're all friends here good vibes um we're just gonna dive into 
uh, the topic of this episode, and it is about coming out and the LGBTQ plus community, specifically in the lacrosse world. So Sarah's just going to share a little bit about her personal story and her journey. Um, so with that being said, just do you want to give us a little bit of background of dealing with your sexuality specifically before you came out to anyone, including your parents, like at a very young age? Yeah, I think, I don't think there's like one moment where like I realized that like it was only into girls and not into guys and kind of thing. Like I just knew since I was a child that I like was different, that something was different, that I was different from my peers, but like particularly in Baltimore, there's a lot of pressure to conform. Um, And particularly when you go to an all girls school, your whole social life is based off of whether or not you can, you typically form a romantic relationship with a boy, especially where we went to school. Like if you weren't talking to a guy from Gilman or at any other boys school, like you weren't going to be included in social stuff. So for me, like that was very difficult in terms of, particularly when I hit high school, like after my first year of high school, like I definitely was very aware of like my sexuality and where this was gonna go for me. Um, Luckily, like, my mom's best friend died of AIDS when I was 10. Um, and he was a gay man who was very flamboyant and one of the best people in the world. Um, and so my mom has all, and my dad, both of them have always been very vocal and supportive of uh, the LGBTQ community. Um, and they always said when you're growing up, like I care who you marry as long as you have children and you can adopt and, you know, basically just, they attempted to normalize the, this experience as the best they could. Um, even though like I, I'm Jewish and went to Jewish day school and grew up in a very white heteronormative society in general, which is like normal for a lot of people in the lacrosse community and something we can hopefully change. But I think that definitely was why I felt like I needed to hold this very large part of myself in for so long. Right. Um, And like what you said about like the type of school we went to, the type of society we like we're a part of especially at such a vulnerable time like we're 14 like we we don't even know who we are like everyone's trying to figure out themselves like you change so much in high school and like even the little things like the week of school dances like the yeah. talk of the school is like who are you bringing like right. who are you bringing from the boys school like right. oh like he needs a date like right. can you get him a ticket like blah 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 and like just being around that like it can put a lot of pressure like I'm I don't right. know if you felt pressure or like Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think even like it came from, it came from the administration at Bryn Mawr as well. Like obviously the Bryn Mawr is a school that's focused so much on women's empowerment, but like it was kind of implied or sometimes vocally specified that our dates to dances were supposed to be men. Um, And like, even though part of the founding of the school, the school is founded by multiple gay women, but still like there was this ingrained culture of like, the person you're supposed to bring to an event is a man like that was kind of the experience and like particularly being in the lacrosse community at Bryn Mawr like I didn't know anybody else that, like that was I guess like me at the time even though I wasn't aware of it um and so I think like coming from the top down and coming from my peers like I didn't see an alternative right wow I, that's like kind of shocking to hear about like that culture like that I, that surprises me honestly like because I know like the high school that you went to like very very liberal very yeah. um accepting they put on that persona and like that that's just surprising to me yeah. um so you touched on it a little bit but you said that your parents were very open and normalized the discussion of um the gay community so yeah. w- what did that look like when you decided to come out to your parents yeah I think to be blunt, I had my like first like romantic experience with a boy in my freshman year um, and came into that summer very aware that I was not into that anymore, um, which like obviously is like something that's difficult for me to like come to terms with that like I was going to be different from my friends, um, but it didn't really, I didn't really come to terms with it until that fall, um, just when I continued to like feel a lot of pressure um, to like try to find a new relationship with another guy like and um, it just kind of became so much for me to like hold in um, that I eventually told my twin sister who was my best friend in the world 
um, who is straight and doesn't exactly know what this is like. And her reaction was really positive. Um, but the pressure just like, and the weight of holding that in just kept building and building and building. Um, and one of the things that's really helped me come out in general, even as an adult is, um, actually books, um, which is going to sound very on brand for a nerdy half of student at this no, point. No. Um, if you have any titles, please, please well, share them. <laughs> so I figured this would be good to talk about. So there's this book called Her Name in the Sky that I have at like in my room here at school and at home. Um, and it's a book that talks about basically two girls struggle to, to come to terms with their sexuality. They're both, the reason why I connected so much to the story is there's both very like normal girls. They both place their, the narrative that they went to like a fairly preppy high school and they both played sports and like, they both kind of have to come to terms with societal pressure and their sexuality in the book. Like not only is it a relatable story, but it's also just beautifully written. Um, and I think I read that the fall of my sophomore year and just like feeling like so much emotion with my identity and feeling like pressure, like to be myself, but not feeling like I could. Um, and so eventually like we were on vacation at my grandparents' house for Thanksgiving. And like, I had watched this movie and just like felt so much like, just like emotion. My mom came in to have a conversation with me and I just like lost it. Um, and my mom like would thought that like something was extremely wrong with me, like <laughs> that I was like, like you were in danger. Yeah, like that I was in danger. Like that was what she was like. And I told her and she was like, that's it. And I was like, oh. um, and she's so, like, Sarah, you freaked me out for yeah, what? <laughs> and I like, don't think I really told my dad at all. Um, just like, it's not, I'm very close with my dad too. I just like felt like if my mom could just pass that on, that would be great. It's a lot less pressure on you. Right. Like, right. Like I'm sure the conversations aren't like the, I mean, even if it is a good reaction, they're probably not fun leading no. up to it and the pressure and the anticipation of it all and the unknown of the reaction. I'm sure it's not enjoyable. No, it's not. And it still isn't. And this is part of the reason why I wrote this article is like, if people don't have to do this again, like that would be great. Like right. nobody likes this, even if you're talking to your best friend or your parents who like for me are my world and like my total support system. And so like, even after that, like they would say things like about, you know, like about my like sexuality, which I don't even think at the time I was able to like label. Um, and like, I would just deny it. Like I would say, no, what are you talking about? Like, that's not true, like whatever. Um, so it took a while for me to, even with them and my sister, like fully admit to what I had said. Uh-huh. So do you think at that point, like they were fully accepting of you, but you weren't fully accepting of yourself yet? Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. All right. I, I mean, that makes sense. And like, um, it is just like hard to come to terms with, like you can be surrounded by so much love and support, but like there's a whole different side to like self-love, self-acceptance. And that's, in my opinion, harder work. Like it's pretty, like you can find people that will support you and love you like regardless. But like when it comes to yourself, like the relationship you have with yourself, like that's a whole different story. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I think, I think just like with the increased pressure to like put myself out there socially, like even with my friends and like having the pressure of like, yeah, I mean, we mentioned earlier, like essentially finding a boyfriend or something like that, just like, just kept building up. And like, I actually, like I mentioned this in the article, like that's why I threw myself so much into, into lacrosse. And like, you know, over the summer we played in so many tournaments. So I didn't have to deal with social stuff. Like, you know, I like, sure. Like we went out to stuff on the weekends, but like, if I could play lacrosse, like that was my excuse. Um, and like, that's so like, whenever I was playing or training or whatever, like that's when I didn't have to think about stuff. Uh, and I think right. that is obviously probably not the healthiest way to deal with um, stress or like internal conflict, but like, that's how I, how I dealt with it. Right. Like it was your coping mechanism. So what did your mental health look like leading up to deciding to tell your mom? And then once you told her, did your mental health change? Did it say the same? Did it become worse? Like, what was the comparison there? I would say. Like my mom is, um, is, is a social worker. And so mental health is a very like normalized thing in my family. And like all of us have some level of anxiety and I had already been diagnosed with that prior to me coming out. Um, 
But I do think the pressure of coming out contributed to my anxiety and like obsessiveness with lacrosse in a way. So like the more pressure I was feeling inside led to the more pressure I put on myself to perform. Um, and if that makes any sense. And so like my anxiety got worse, not directly related to coming out, but more like the more I felt like I needed to like make a change in my life, the more I threw myself into lacrosse and the more stress I put on myself, like academically and lacrosse wise. Um, And like, while you can't face, like, obviously I'm a very competitive and driven person. Like I'm not like going to lie about that, but like the internal conflict was causing some of the anxiety. Definitely. Yeah. And like people do it a lot. Like your it's your outlet like you're using something else to express some some internal struggle that's going on and like maybe you didn't even realize that that's why you were doing those things yeah 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 um so I mean like I'm I'm happy to hear that your parents are very open and accepting of you and also accepting of mental health because I think that is some people that some people struggle with that in their families like they can't openly talk about like depression and anxiety and I think having that so support from people who are so important to you. I think that is just awesome. And I'm so happy you had that. So you come out to your family and what was the next step of like your journey of expressing like, and uh, not, um, not dealing with, but like coming Um, to terms with your sexuality. Like, did you decide to come out to a small group? Like what was the next part? Um, what did it look like? Sure. So I came out to my family in the fall of 2015 um, and didn't mention it to maybe one or two friends at the time, but didn't discuss it with them. I think two friends at the time um, who are still two of my best friends um, in the world um, and didn't discuss it. Um, and then the next summer, so I guess the summer of 2016, I had like another negative experience with a boy and told my other best friend uh, as a result of this. Like it wasn't anything traumatizing, but I was just yeah. like, this needs to stop. Like you didn't enjoy it. You were just no, like, oh. I was just like, this needs to be done. Okay, like, okay. And it wasn't like traumatic. Like nobody would consider this to be traumatic. But for me, I was like, I can no longer do this anymore. Like, um, so like she knew, but like the next two years of that, so 2017, the end of 2016 were like my intensive like recruiting period of lacrosse so like I just like threw myself into that like I still continued to like try to have relationships with not like a a ton of boys obviously but like I still try to basically convince myself that I wasn't going to be openly um proud of being gay like that was just like something like and it wasn't nobody was saying to me like, you cannot be this way. Like, absolutely nobody was saying to that. And like, I'm so, pri- like, I know that I'm privileged with that, but it was me saying to myself, like, no, you can't deal with this right now. Like, you need to focus on lacrosse. You need to focus on school. Like, you need to focus on fitting in, which already at a school like Bryn Mawr and, and the Baltimore private school scene can be really difficult to fit in anyways. Right. So um, I'm sorry to cut you off, but do you think like you put the pressure on yourself, but also there was that pressure from society? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think, and I also like, didn't really have anybody to look at and say like, hey, like this is what your life could be like. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I had anything in common. There were girls in my grade that openly identified as not straight, whatever on the spectrum of sexuality that they were like. And I just felt like I couldn't relate to them. Not that they were any that different, but I just felt like I couldn't see myself. And even my, my high school coach for two years is as a, very proud gay woman who is married and has two kids and like yeah that was a sign of of normalization for me but like I still felt a lot of social pressure Mm -hmm. um so yeah yeah do you think like being on a team had a huge factor in that like the people you said that were openly like about open about their sexuality um were they not on a team did they not have that same experience in that way no and for the most part they weren't um and particularly the lacrosse group was like it was I wouldn't say anybody was homo discriminatory or homophobic but it it was not a diverse group of women that I was part of um yeah. and I think like definitely like I've heard I heard Sam Lewis talk about this the women's national soccer player talk about this on a podcast lately about how people as children use the word lesbian as an insult Uh, And that, that was used, 
a few times in high school and like when you're a young adult trying to figure yourself out and like somebody uses that as an insult like it doesn't feel great yeah and like so it's I wouldn't want to like label that group as like a problem like the reason why I felt so much pressure but like not having a role model and then kind of hearing sly undertones that I would be so different like definitely increased the fear yeah like it wasn't like little digs at you but just little digs at like that community in general like I would shut down like I would not feel 100% supported and I feel like when it comes to coming out like correct me if I'm wrong like you only want to do it when you are ready and you want to do it knowing that you have a community like backing you up yeah no 100% and at that time like my sophomore and junior year of high school I did not feel that way um and even the fall of my senior year of high school like I still I just committed I was trying to focus on getting into college like I still trying to have a good senior year and and really fit in in the way that that I felt like a lacrosse player and someone like should fit in if you understand what I mean that way um and then in November of my senior year the best friend who I had told going into junior year said, you need to stop doing this to yourself. Like you need to, you're hanging out one night. And she said, you need to like figure yourself out and like be yourself and figure and like explore the start of yourself or you're going to be miserable. Uh, it was like kind of like tough love approach. Like you needed that little push. Like yeah. she was like, come yeah. on. Yeah. She wasn't like super aggressive about it, but it was yeah. enough that I was like, okay, like I need to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and like slowly I start like, you know, started to explore that side of my life uh, in the easiest way to explain that. And I think going into the spring of my senior year, like I was into college, I was very fortunate um, to get into Haverford as even as a committed lacrosse player um, and just felt like I needed to like let go of this pressure to conform because I needed to be happy finally. And like I had achieved what I wanted to achieve off the field and with college like and that was obviously like Baltimore across college high performing high school students in general always feel a lot of pressure um yeah and so at that point I kind of decided to figure that out right so with that little like nudge that little push (laughs) do you think like your senior year like you were at a point where you could say you were officially like out like it was just like a known thing like no I wouldn't I wouldn't say that either I would I so my close friend group in high school, I slowly started to tell um, after I had that first experience um, with another girl, like I slowly started to tell my close group of friends um, and even some of my best friends I chose not to tell just because I was a little worried about not even their reaction, but just like their reaction and my ability to handle a reaction like and some parts of our community was pretty conservative and I was like a little concerned about the reaction and like maybe and I think some of it was just like unfounded anxiety in a lot of ways but like of course you don't know yeah like you're Um, thinking like you're like what if like worst worst case scenario type of thing well yeah exactly and I was just like so slowly started to tell some people and even told a couple of my lacrosse teammates um and they were all really supportive but not the ones that like I would say were kind of like running the show on the lacrosse mm-hmm. side if that makes any sense yeah um and so I kind of slowly started to tell people and then I had like my first relationship towards the end of my um senior year um and that is when I kind of decided that like this other the person I was dating at the time was very vocal about um her sexuality and her identity and wasn't from Baltimore and so like at the time, I definitely felt pressure to be open and to be out. Um, and I also think like, I felt like, like I'm finally happy in a relationship. Like I should share this with people kind of thing. Um, and so that's when I kind of decided to be more open and vocal about it, but I wouldn't even say, and that wasn't not until like May of my senior year. Okay. And when you eventually just decided you're like, I'm going to be open and on about honest about this, like did you feel like a weight off your shoulders? Like, how did you feel once that was out there? I think I I definitely did. I think I felt like, wow, I don't ever, I don't need to explain this to anybody anymore. Like, this is what it is. Like, at least, like I knew my struggle to come out to people wasn't ever going to be over, but at least I knew that if 
by everybody knowing that at least I was in a relationship, I wasn't going to have to say the words I'm gay to anybody else, at least in high school. Um, So it definitely was a relief, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, it doesn't matter like how long it takes someone to get to that point. And if they ever are ready, like, I'm just like happy you were able to like find your place and like find that comfort in the Baltimore community and like have that support system. So, I mean, it is a difficult time in your life. Like you just finished high school. You're about to transition to be a freshman in college, which is hard in general. Like that that switch up is very hard. Oh yeah. So, I mean, and you were dealing with a whole different side of it. Like you just came out to this community and now you have to come out to a whole different community. So what did that transition from high school to um, college look like? Yeah. I mean, I was, I was fortunate to know that Haverford is a very liberal, very accepting place in general. Like it's a Quaker school. And so like definitely having those foundations made me feel as if like I was very, like I was never going to have a negative reaction. And to this day, I've never had a negative reaction um, at Haverford. So like in terms of my anxiety with that, it wasn't super high going into college. I think, so I think the best reactions I've ever gotten to coming out, one was from a high school friend who was like, okay, cool. I don't care. Like, and I was just like, it's like normal, like just normalize it. Like, cool. Right. Like, what do you mean you have this conversation? Like, right. awesome. Exactly. And like, I was like, great. This is awesome. Like, move like, on. Like, I was like, great. We don't need to have this simple long and time. sweet. Move right. on. Right. Like, I don't need to tell you my whole life story. I don't need to tell you how I came. Like, this is awesome. And this is, yeah. this is a girl I'd known forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, this is great. That you <laughs> great <did."> reaction. <laughs> I was like, lovely. So I was like, so like, I was, the thing that used to bug me the most was like, A, people asking if I have a boyfriend, A, B, like trying to like, for anybody to push, to push, like to, for anybody to ask anybody in general, like if only they had a significant other that was a male, if they were a girl or a girl, that if they were a male or any other gender, like gender specific, heteronormative, asking the questions like that. Right. Um, like exclusive and- dialogue. Yes, like exclusive dialogue. And I, that was like my biggest pet peeve and something that was like just uncomfortable for me to navigate. So when I got to Haverford, like that summer, I basically decided to just be very straight up about it. Um, Luckily, the team, the girl that I came out to in high school that was on my lacrosse team, the first person actually is my Haverford teammate now. Um, And so she was aware of that coming in and having somebody that was aware of that and that being that supportive and like she is one of the, my most supportive friends mm-hmm. and like having that was super helpful coming in uh and then I was pretty upfront about it with my at least my class I was like just kind of told them when we got there I was like just so you know like this is who I am and like I don't really want to talk about it but just so you guys are aware and right like right when we got there I kind of I mean you know, we knew each other coming in um but I just like normally for me, I'm not someone that's up, up front about my sexuality. And I would say, I don't want it to be a defining part of my life, but like, I knew that I had to be upfront about it. So that was, that was my approach, but at least with my class. Um, and then slowly the upperclassmen just kind of addressed it one by one and in like a very, like kind of a holistic way of if it came up, it came up, if it didn't, it didn't kind of thing. Right. Uh, I mean, I mean, that's awesome that going into it, you knew that you were going to be supported and also like having that like best friend, like ride or die, like have your back. Yeah, like it's always important to have like one person, like, oh yeah, you could have like 20 enemies, but if you have one person that's like going to bat for you, like, right, right. Oh, I love that. No, um, awesome. yeah, that's all. I mean, I'm, I'm happy you had that person. I mean, that's, that's so important. Yeah. Um, so we touched on it a little bit, but I guess like, this is a good segue from like your journey into like now like let's take action like I'm a part of the lacrosse community you are and the lacrosse community it's small but at the same time it's pretty big Um, oh it is and like the like a lot of your article like the premise of it is like let's change the culture and the lacrosse world so like let's normalize the lgbtq plus um experience like right like we should be able to get to a point where like we don't need to have someone like stand up and being like I'm gay like we don't need someone it doesn't need to be a big deal like so we touched on a little bit with the um uh inclusion dialogue like 
there's just little things that I think people can do like themselves and like team culture wise, like they can do to make um, conversations more inclusive. Like I know when I have recruits like come to Virginia tech, like obviously we ask them questions and like try to get to know them. And I know like I go out of my way to just be like, Oh, do you have a boyfriend or girlfriend? Like, or do you have a significant other? Like, don't just minimize, minimize it to just having a boyfriend. Like, I think those little comments just like help out. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like if you have any, like, obviously you have thoughts about it, but I want to hear what you're saying and like, you're educate me. Like I want to know. (laughs) No, I mean, I think that's a great start. And I, I honestly think that my habits for teammates have always been like good about that, but there's, it's not perfect. And like, I make sure when I have recruits come that I am saying like, do you have a significant other? And like, yes, that's word is sounds complex and bulky and it's awkward, but like, then it allows people to give, like, take the space to like, know that there isn't pressure to conform to a certain standard and also to like tell you if there's like, you know, if they like are seeing somebody of the same gender. And so like, I think that's huge. And like, like that's not even me saying like, we need to use gender neutral terms for everything. Like, while I do think that's important as well, like in terms of romantic relationships, the biggest first step for me is like making sure that we're being like gender neutral in that respect. I think the next thing is like, you know, in high school, like I had a teammate that used a really bad slur in front of me a couple of times. And like, and that was like humiliating and it wasn't directed at me, but it was like so hurtful in a way that like, I tried to stick up for myself and I like tried to have a conversation with her. And like, I just like, couldn't even bring myself to do that because I didn't feel equipped, but it was the coach at the time that allowed this stuff to go like my seat, like that didn't intervene and didn't set a standard from the beginning that said this kind of language isn't going to be tolerated. Yeah. Uh, and while like, you know, my high school was a very intense academic place that, as you said, like has like an image and a, a reputation that in a lot of ways is founded correctly of being accepting and liberal like on the lacrosse field, like it wasn't that way. And like, if a coach from the beginning, like sets the tone of saying like, this is never going to be acceptable. And if you use this word, you're off, like that is essential. Like, and for the coach to not intervene and let there be that behavior, like that kind of discriminatory behavior that like goes beyond a slur, but also how you treat your teammates. Like that's the biggest thing um, for me. I didn't even think about like, how coaches play a part and like the team, like culture, because like people on, on a team, like may say words, like may make little comments, little jabs, and that shit needs to be shut down like right right away. And if it isn't shut down, then the coach should be shutting it down. Mm -hmm. Like it all starts with like how that culture is presented and like instilled. And the sooner, like we like nip it in the bud, the sooner it will be fixed. Like, no, no, exactly. And like, my like it shouldn't be on on the minority and this goes for any any person of color and any person that is from marginalized group should never have to stand up for themselves and say like you need to shut the fuck up and, and not use this word like and like the pressure i felt to do that like i couldn't imagine what somebody that's much more marginalized than i am experiences like the fact that I was so like hurt and unable to have this conversation, like the coach needs to, the coach needs to step in. And like my Haverford coach, like obviously those kinds of our team culture would never accept that. But my coach is like, first of all, just does not tolerate any sort of disrespect, but is works so hard to be inclusive and to start these conversations, even though they might not be comfortable for her. Like she works hard. She sets the tone from herself to be inclusive and to not tolerate discrimination. And like, we do something called um, a one team training at Haverford across the whole athletic department, which is basically just a training for teams to like use inclusive language and like be supportive allies of the LGBTQ community. And like, at the time I was the only person from that community on my team. And like, I went into that conversation being like, I don't want to participate in this. Like, this is awkward for me. Like, like, and I, like my coach said, you don't need to participate and you don't need to talk. 
um, and you don't need to go. And I was like, the fact that she was like understood that and was supportive, like um, said a lot for me. And like, I think just having that support from her like was huge. Um, and like, I didn't even like, she just is so approachable that I think she's a model for what every coach can be in a lot of ways. That's literally like warm my heart. That's awesome to have that. Like coaches are so important. They play such a big role in like how you feel about yourself, how you feel about the team, like your overall college experience, like that's so important. So like we, you touched on it with the, um, with like the training with inclusion talk and, um, but obviously like if we talked about it, but like, if there is like a sly comment, like coaches should be shutting that down. People on the team should be shutting down. But like you said, like Haverford has a really good culture. So even if a team like maybe may not making those like little comments, how do you still have an inclusive, like um, community and inclusive, like team culture, even if someone's not outwardly saying like derogatory things? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, it's so difficult because like, I'm really aware that like, I am lucky with the school that I chose. Like, I think it comes from, this is gonna sound like a hot bad answer, but it comes from the top down. Like it comes from athletic administrations, like starting these conversations across the department. Like I'm not even saying like mandatory pride games, but like things like that, like showing support for those for the LGBTQ community in sports, especially women's athletics, like there are a lot of gay women in sports. Like, and like, and so and that's what made my struggle to come out like so ironic because like there are like a lot of gay women in sports and lacrosse too. And so like I think it comes from athletic administrations and coaches like starting these conversations. And I think in terms of like team-based interactions, like people can be really good, like not even allies it's just like a friend and like if you know that like somebody is struggling or somebody or like even if they aren't like just calling people out and just saying like look you can't say that like yeah like I think the biggest thing is like especially with somebody that is trying to figure out their sexuality like you're not gonna know and like it's something that you can't see um and it doesn't mean like you don't know everybody's story and like you will never know like yourself if you figure out something different about your sexuality or 95% of the teams in college lacrosse have somebody that identifies as not straight. Um, and like, you will never know who your language is impacting. So just like being careful about that. Yeah. And like, I, I just like agree with everything you just said. And like, I talked about this on my last episode and like, we were talking about like, those workshops that like student athletes are required to go through. And one thing that like was really eye-opening is like, great, we have these workshops, but like the actual content of the workshops are so important. Like if yeah. someone goes up on stage and clicks through a PowerPoint might not get to people, like they might not want to hear about it. They don't yeah. want to sit there. So like, what do you think like actually gets to people? Like, well, will actually like work. Is it like people telling their story, things like that? Yeah. I think in some ways it is people telling their stories. I also think like, that is a, that's a tough, I was listening to your last episode and I was like, that is a really tough question. Like Mm -hmm. part of me feels this massive, like desire to be like, screw having to have a training about this. Like, why do we need to have a training about this? Like, I would love a world where like a girl can bring home another girl to her parents and her parents say nothing. Yeah. It doesn't need to be like a discussion. Like I would love that. But like yeah. the reality is, it's like, that's not going to happen. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, I, I don't know the answer to that. I do think but that's so- okay. That's okay. It's a, it's a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not asking you yeah. to solve the world problems. Right. right. <laughs> I think sometimes like, I do think like, yeah, hearing personal experiences is good. I think, I, I do think that can be big. And I also think it's, it's some experiences aren't as triggering as others and finding people that are willing to share those experiences. And also like the person that facilitated those trainings at Haverford was a straight ally and like was very definitive about her opinions and like having a, 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 like an ally do those discussions, like while that might feel strange, especially for like a person that identifies as part of the LGBTQ community to sit through, like 
seeing somebody like that stick up for like to be so bold and supportive like that means a lot I think yeah um yeah I I agree and like that was that was a big question to ask but I like even if you would do do those like workshops like as a team and like you see someone like fiddling their thumbs not paying attention to like hit them like give them a little nudge be like come on pay attention like this is important and like and like you touched them on it a little bit like just like seriously like getting to know the people around you on your team on a deeper level like that is so important like surface level relationships are I don't like them personally like I think just getting to know someone and like creating an environment and like telling them that like regardless of what they're going through like I'm here for you and like I love you I accept you like whatever like whatever it may be just like knowing that they have a person to confide in I think is just so important oh yeah um yeah yeah so this like we kind of talked about it this is like an overall like what are your personal hopes for the future in the lacrosse world like you said in your article this is like my favorite quote in the article I'm gonna read it um you said I look forward to a world when young girls and female athletes no longer have to utter the words I'm gay and experience the fear of being rejected by their community I mean, come on. Wow. That is a good, I love that. Like I do try, I like going into this, I was like, imagine like if people just didn't have to like do that whole thing where they just had to sit down with their parents and be like, I'm gay. Like, I I mean, do you think we'll ever get to that point? How can we start to normalize this? Like specifically in the lacrosse world, like Um, I'm hoping we can get to that point, but like, who knows, like if we can and like, can we? I hope, I really hope so. There's this, there's this great movie called Love, Simon that came out a couple yes. years ago. Yeah. I was thinking about it's that. A horrible movie. And there's a scene in the movie where all the straight, it's just, this kid's dream. It's like, he has this dream that all his straight friends have to do the same, the coming out thing to their parents, which is just like a painful experience to begin with. Even if your parents are the nicest people in the world, like it is awkward. Um, and I don't think I know a person that had had like a non-awkward experience with this. Um, yeah, I hope that one, like, I hope that people like what I've tried to do in my conversations is just like subtly mention like, oh, my girlfriend does this, blah, blah, blah. Like, and just put it out there and say, and leave it there. And like, I think the best response is to say like, oh, that's great. Not to be like, oh, like, you know, like, don't like, yeah. Like if, like, if we were having a conversation, you're like, okay, like, let's say our team was having like a formal and you're like, okay, like me and my girlfriend will be there at like seven 30. Like what the best reaction just to be like, for me, just be like, okay, like, can't wait to see you there. Right. Exactly. Like, like, all right. Right. Carry on. Like, yeah. yeah. I think I, my, my opinion on that might not be the majority of people, but I think in the lacrosse world, we're being different, which is something that needs to change in general, but like we're being different is difficult and being unique is difficult like allowing people to just have their space um and to like be say like i'm so proud of you for being who you are and saying like who you are is whatever you are and like allowing people to form their own identities is so important um and that's ultimately the place that i'd like us to be is just for people to be able to to like essentially write their own stories and not have to conform to this standard um, that I think, unfortunately, our community per, like perpetuates a standard. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think there's so many people in like women's sports in general, but also in the lacrosse community that have done that before me. Uh, like Michelle Tumolo is a great example of somebody that has done that and does that so well. Um, and like, if it wasn't for somebody like her or even my lacrosse coach in high school, like being who they are, like, I don't think I could get to where I am right now. Um, and like, the only reason why I talk about this publicly is so like somebody else that's 15 or 16, that's going through this can like, so I'm going to run and Michelle Tumalo sprinted so they can walk, you know? Right. 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 Like it's always important to have someone like you, like to look up to. Right. And I think like you like snaps to you because you're just like educating me on something. So, um, what you just said, like, so I'm the type of person where like, I am so like, if you say like, oh, my girlfriend, I'm bringing my girlfriend, like whatever. I just like brush over. I'm like, okay, cool. Like I don't, normal. But at the same time, because 
society is not like that and it's not as normalized as we would like it to be do you think there's a balance that like people need to gain where it's like okay like it's normalized like that let's just have a normal conversation about it but also going to that person just being like hey like I'm proud of you like I'm here for you like okay okay I just learned I feel like you just taught me that yeah no we can't be we can't be difference blind if that makes any sense yes we there's got to be a balance between like like saying yeah like I'm proud of you you're awesome but like not drawing attention to it and making a person feel other. Like, I think that's the biggest thing is like not feeling, making somebody feel like they're other or separate from the group. But still like if that person like wants to be vocal and be, um, I guess like transparent about who they are, like having that positive reinforcement is important, definitely. Okay. Just dropping some wisdom on us. Love it. Like I, I you, love you. I, already, you always dumped on that well. So <laughs> you like got me. You got me that in my yeah. head. Um. All right. Like note. I'm writing like notes down. Like um, <laughs> um. I really like hope one day the lacrosse world, like in the lacrosse community, like take strides in the right direction. I think we have grown a lot. Obviously, there's still a lot of work to do. Like, but there are just like little things that I think us as players and coaches who are listening out there and administrators like can do to help the community in general. And like, if it's like your team's having a formal, just be like, Hey, like any, anyone's significant others are welcome. Like it, like inclusive dialogue is so important. It allows people to be open to a conversation allows people to be fully authentically themselves and like, um, allows them the opportunity to just be like, Hey, like, this is me, like normal, like whatever. Right. Um, so, I mean, you have a, a wonderful story and like you put it out there, you were fully yourself, like great written article. Like I said before, like you guys, I'm going to put it in this description of this episode, but if you had to give one piece of advice or maybe just advice in general to someone who may be struggling with their sexuality, maybe has just taken that step of coming out to their parents, close friends, like what would you say to them? There's always somebody that's going to love you, which I know sounds so cliche, but I do really think that there is always somebody that's going to love you for who you are. And even though you don't, might not feel that way right now, like it does get better. Um, And like, if you would ask me four years ago, if I feel like I can be at the place where I am right now, like I would have said, absolutely not you nuts. Like, I think that it gets better. It takes time to accept who you are. And like, if you feel like right after you came out, you're ready to be yourself to the world, that's great. If you need three more years to not be so public, like that's awesome too. So right. you'll get like, there. Find your person. There's no timeline. Right. Do you, you do. And you. like, if people aren't going to support you, like they're, they're not good friends. Yeah. You know, like that's immediately that's what cut off. Immediately. Yeah. Done. I think that's in general for every person. If that, if your friends aren't going to support you for something you're passionate about or who you are, like they do not need to be in your life. Absolutely. Like Abby Wambach says, find your wolf pack, find them. Exactly. Um, exactly. And then on the flip side of that, let's say like, what advice would you have for someone? Cause you were on the other end of this, but like, if you have a close friend or family member come out to you, like, what is a good reaction to that? Like we talked about a little bit where you were just like, okay, cool. Like whatever. Like what, what kind of reactions do you think are like more positive that you personally experienced? You wouldn't know how many people have come out to me over the course of the last couple of years. Okay. Um, like, and on completely unprompted. I mean, and you're probably I, like I very it. easy. I mean, you are easy to talk to period, right. but like, you're like, you make a safe space. You do a really yeah. good job of that. I try, I try, you know, no, you succeed. <laughs> well, that's very nice of you to say, but I think the best, I guess the best thing I found is just saying like, I love you and you're And it, everything's going to be okay. Um, and like, I'm proud of you. And that's yeah. it. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Keep it simple. Very you know, simple. and like um like keeping it simple in that moment because they're probably so overwhelmed, you know. Emotions are holy moly, like wow. Yeah. Um, and then like maybe like the next day, like just sending them a quick text, like yes. checking in, making sure exactly. you're good. Like and then also, you. like if that person's okay with with being public, like that's great. But like most of the time, like they're not going to be. So if you're able to mention like 
hey, I'm going to keep this to myself until you're ready. Right. Like it's their story to tell. It's their journey. It's there. Yeah. Um, our, that's great advice. Um, I feel like I just learned so much, like talking to you. I'm also so happy that we I know. Up and we still need to catch up more. Like I know we go back to Baltimore. We got to get so together. Yeah. Got to go back to our training facility. You know? I know. Back to the <laughs> ground. I cannot believe it's been so long. I know it really has, but I feel like I've, I, I mean, you're older than me and like, I just like look up to that. I know one year, one year, but not even a year. I'm young for my grades. (laughs) I still look up to you in like so many ways. And I'm just like so proud of you for how far you've come. And like your article, I know like is helping. We like, I like say it, like, as long as it helps one person, like you, you, you're doing something right. And like, that's awesome. Like you're leaving your mark on this world. You're making an impact on it in a better way. And I'm just like, so proud of you. And I hope like one person out there like feels less alone because of how authentic and vulnerable you are, especially on this podcast today. And like, if you guys are listening, make sure to share it. Like Sarah's story is awesome. You have an, uh, a friend in Sarah support system in yes. both of us. We like, it's just all good vibes, all good vibes here. Love it. Um, Sarah, do you have any last remarks that you want to say? Thank you so much. You're the best. <laughs> I like, I just thank you so much. And I, I like, don't know if I could be where I am without people like you and like how supportive, um, like you've been. And I think like, you don't, people don't realize like how much of a difference they can make in your life. And like you do. Um, so every time like somebody is as supportive as like someone like Mary can be like, it makes a huge difference. So. Oh, thank you. Thank you for coming on. And I just, I think it's so important to share people's stories and I think it's really helping uh, people out there. And I know a lot of people hopefully listen to this episode, but I, okay. I'm going to promote it. I'm like, I will promote to it too. <laughs> yes, we're going to get it out there because it's so important. You did so well. And again, I'm just so proud of you and you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Love talking to Sarah um, and have the best day ever. Thank you. Thank you.